I want to deliver my heart, what the Lord has placed upon my heart. I'd like to ask you to help me today. I know I'm looking at a bunch of beautiful babies and parents here today. And the Lord bless every one of you that's come here today. Praise God. Noble thing you want to do is pray over your child and uh, ask God to use them. I want to begin today in 1 Samuel, the first chapter in the 11th verse. And this explains to you where we, uh, where this idea has come from. And it certainly does not make that baby more holy or sacred. And it's not uh, given to us as uh, something as a doctrine to do. We don't believe in baptizing babies. We believe that babies have to grow up and come to the knowledge of the truth and they have to repent and they have to get baptized in Jesus' name and they have to receive this wonderful infilling of the Holy Ghost. But it is something we do in honor to God, asking for God's special help. And I appreciate your parents today with that burden to do that. And this is where the thought and the idea comes from. It comes from a lady in the Bible with the name of Hannah. The Bible said she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou will indeed look on the afflictions of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thy handmaid a man-child, Listen what he, she said back to the Lord. Then will I give him unto the Lord all the days of his life. And then she was going to make him a Nazarite, which meant separated in a special way, even beyond and above the way the Hebrews were separated. And uh, then the, the Bible said this child ministered unto the Lord, being a child girded with a linen ephod. And this mother came back then year after year and made him a little coat and brought it to him from year to year. When she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice, and they said, the Lord, give the seed of this woman. This is the way Eli blessed Hannah. Give the seed of this woman for a loan which is lent to the Lord. And they went into their own home. So this is where the thought of this service today is a, comes from and established from, is this woman that could not have children. She prayed to the Lord and said, God, if you will give me a child, then I will make this child uh, sac sanctified unto you, and then I will give him back to you. And then she did, she fulfilled her vow that she had made. And then year after year, she came back to see the child and to bring it a little coat. And the Bible said, then Eli blessed her and said, the Lord give thee seed of this woman for loan, which he lent to the Lord. And they went to their own home. You know, it's an amazing thing how that the hand of Hannah touching this child and her care and her uh, sacred love and prayer that she had. And this is the prayer I'm certain today of every mother, we trust it is, and father here today. 
that God will take your child and your baby and it would be used for his glory and for his honor. And this is my thought today and I trust the Lord can inspire it to your heart. It's our hope today that every one of us, every child here and every baby will be raised to be a well digger. Everybody say a well digger. Amen. A well digger. Uh, I'm talking about with a sense and a feeling, some way that you communicate to that child as it grows up, that it would work to make this world a better place that we live in. When you think about a well digger, you think about a giver, not what can I get from the world and what can the world give me, but it's what can I give to the world. Somebody said, don't teach your, your child to how to eat fish, but teach him how to fish. You know, you can be so careful trying to teach them how to eat a crappie or uh, to avoid the bones, but more important that they would learn how to go out and do something worthwhile in life. And it was David that had this thought and this feeling after God had blessed him so much. He came back to ask the question, and it was this, what shall I render unto the Lord for all of his benefits done unto me? What can I give back? After God has blessed me so much and after God has helped me so much, what can I do back for God and what can I give to the Lord? This is the attitude and the spirit that you want to uh, communicate to your child is that they would have that spirit in them, not that the world is all about me, what can I get, and always be a taker. There's a lot of takers in our world. But, uh, and it comes a time to take. But I want to tell you, along with taking, you need to know how to give and to be a giver. Amen. It's more important today that we would learn to be givers and give back as God has blessed us and helped us so much. Help us, God. What a troublesome world we're in today. And there's all kind of spirits and attitudes that can attach themselves to our children and to our young men. And our prayer is today that God would touch our children, our young people, that the spirit would be upon them that I want to do something for God. I want to make something count in this life or my child account for God and be able to contribute something to this troubled world that we're in. God help us today. I think about raising a, a well digger. First of all, I think about the four B's. First of all, you need to uh, be loving to your child. You need to be fair. You need to be consistent. And here's the big one. You need to be an example to them. What a challenge is before us. I don't think anybody would come to this mic today and say, hey, I got it all figured out. I know just how to do it. It's not quite like that. It's a learning experience every day and a prayer and a hope that things will turn out right. Amen. And our children will take the right direction and take all the right turns in life. Another thing, if we're going to teach them to be a well digger, we need to teach them the doctrine of salvation, that there would be absolutely no doubt 
in their mind. And thank God for this special time that we're in marching toward Pentecost. Thank God for Easter. He rose from the dead. 50 days later, he sent back Easter in the form of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Our children need to be able to understand that. Praise God. Pray, everybody clap your hands to the Lord today. Bless his holy name. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. They need to learn the doctrine that Peter had the keys to the kingdom. Amen. Thank God for the keys to the kingdom. Think about what Jesus said to Peter. He said, Peter, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on this earth is going to be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on this earth is going to be loosed in heaven. Think about what Jesus told Peter. And then you find when Jesus ascended and went back to heaven, Peter was the one that was the spokesman for the 12, was he not? Can I hear an amen? Did not Peter, the one, the Bible said Peter and the rest of the disciples, Peter and the other 11, amen. And Peter gave the instructions after Jesus ascended back to heaven. The reason he gave the instructions was because he had the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Amen. And he told them that day when they said, what shall we do? Amen. What sh Everybody say that with me. What shall we do? Think about it right now if you were standing in that group and you just heard the message, the apostle Peter, the first message. Everybody say the first message. The first message that had ever been preached on this earth after Jesus ascended back into heaven. The multitude was standing there around Peter and the multitude said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter that had the keys to the kingdom, then Peter that had the keys to the kingdom, then Peter that Jesus had said, whatever you tell people on this earth, when they get before me, Hey man, and stand in judgment. I'm going to hold them accountable, Peter, for what you say on this earth. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Thank God for this wonderful Bible plan of salvation. And we know, Brother Davies, it didn't stop because he said, for it's unto you and to your children and to all them that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And I know what some of you people are sitting there today saying and thinking. Amen, Brother Holmes, you've preached that. Uh, yes, and if you come back tonight and I preach, I'm going to preach it again. Because <laughs> you know what? The world's never heard enough of this. Uh, and can I tell you something? You really, none of us have never heard enough of it. Uh, we need to re be reminded over and over. And besides that, there's brand new people here today. And you need to hear the true Bible plan of salvation. You don't need to hear somebody tell you, join a church, uh, shake the preacher's hand, come forward.
forward, confess in your heart. Peter did not say that. Peter said, if you're going to get in the kingdom of heaven, you've got to repent of your sins. You've got to be baptized in Jesus' name. And you've got to receive this beautiful infilling of the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the truth, word of God's plan of salvation. Why don't everybody clap your hands and rejoice today in the Lord? Oh, we give you thanksgiving, God. We magnify you. We lift up your name, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The second thing that we need to tell our children is that you are special. You are very special. You're special. You need to know the doctrine and you need to know you're special. You're special to us as parents and you're special to God. In fact, you're so special that you're going to be separated from this world. The world's gonna be traveling one road, child, son, daughter, but we're gonna, we're gonna take you by the hand and we're gonna help you travel the other way. You are special, you are special. You don't wanna be like the world, you don't wanna look like the world. You wanna be a Hebrew from the top of your head down to the sole of your feet. You wanna be a Jew, you are a Jew. You have been grafted in, hey man, God has brought you in through the anointing of the power of the Holy Ghost that you don't have to you don't have to get on drugs and try to figure out how to way to get off. You don't have to smoke. You don't have to drink. You don't have to curse. You don't have to look at pornography. You don't have to live like they're living. You can live a higher, richer, better, glorious, wonderful life in here in Christ. You are special. Amen. I wonder if everybody couldn't say that about our children today. You you are special. You are special. Yes, yes, that contrary nature will always try to pull you away. That contrary nature will always try to take you back to the Gentile world. But I want to tell you, you're special. You're special. And a mom and dad is going to take you by the hand and they're going to lead you in this special way because you're a true Hebrew and God has called you and God has put your Think about all the billions of people. My, 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 I've referred to this before, but let me do it again. I don't know, I, there must be five or six children in this church from Russia, amen, that went over there and adopted children. And I think, my, 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 how did it happen? How did it happen out of all the millions of children? They were picked up. Well, I don't understand it. My mind can't comprehend it. But I don't know how it was out of all the billions of people on this earth that God would have reached down and he would have touched Joel Holmes and he would have let me be born in a home of Agnes and Ael Holmes, be born in that home where they were going to guide me and they were going to teach me and they were going to tell me they wasn't going to, hey man, change it or dilute it, but they were going to tell me exactly what Peter said exactly what to do to get the Holy Ghost, exactly how to repent, exactly how to get baptized. You don't get baptized in the title. You get baptized in the name, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of all of your sins. Thank God for the 
number of people that have just recently gone down in Jesus' name. Everybody clap your hands and thank God for it today. Oh, we magnify the old righteous God. We worship you. And here is the challenge that is before this church today, and it's to simply just pass it on. Amen. In Psalms, the 78th chapter, he said, Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. He said, I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old. Amen. We will not hide them from their children. We will not hide them from their children. Showing to the generation to come what we're going to show them, the first thing we're going to show them, we're going to show them the praises of the Lord. Number two, what we're going to show them, we're going to show them his strength. Number three, we're going to show them his wonderful works that he hath done. He said, we're fixing to open up parables. We're going to utter dark sayings that are hidden from this world. We're going to get our children off and we're going to tell them. We're going to tell them about the praises of the Lord. We're going to tell him them how strong and mighty our God is. And then we're going to tell them how God will work in such a wonderful way for us and how God has helped us. Yes, parents, we've got something to tell our children today. Amen. Grandparents, we've got something to tell our children. We need to tell them about the praises of the Lord. Tell them how to praise the Lord. Tell them how strong and mighty our God is. And tell them how wonderful he'll work for you. He'll still roll back the Red Sea. He'll still part Jordan. He'll still send manna. He'll still give water. He'll still make a way in the wilderness. He'll still open doors. He's a God that said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. We need to tell it to our children. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've got a right to praise the Lord. This world gets carried away. They go to the arenas and they get carried away over basketball, football, and on and on the list goes. And some wacko that hadn't got enough sense to live right. But he's their star and it's all right for people to holler and scream till they can't talk but you let him come to church and you're supposed to sit, uh, amen, like a statue with your hands folded and not utter a word, and that's church. Well, it's not church to me. We're here to worship the creator. We're not interested in the creature. We know the creature is frail. The creature is weak. We know the creature, he just needs prayer. He just needs help. But the creator is who we're going to praise. And we're going to tell them about his strength. We're going to tell our children about how God has worked for us. Clap your hands to the Lord again. How about up in the mezzanine? How about y'all standing up, clapping your hands back there? All across the mezzanine, yes, come on. Let's have a little church in the mezzanine today. Let's have a little church across this front today. Why don't we just have church all over this place today and let the Holy Ghost have its way. Oh, bless the name of the Lord who is worthy, worthy is his name. My, 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 my. You can be seated. The next verse said he established a testimony in Jacob. He appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers, that they should make them known to their children. 
he established a testimony in Jacob. What did he do to Jacob? He gave old brother Jacob a testimony. Jacob had something to testify about. He had been with God and walked with God and God's hand had been upon him and the anointing of God had been in his life and God had brought him through and God had given him a testimony. Everybody say a testimony. Say it with me again, a testimony. God had given Jacob a testimony and he said, we're going to make it known unto our children how God has worked. Oh, church, we don't need to hold it back. Amen. We don't need to hold back the testimony and the goodness of God and the way God has worked. When we get around our neighbors and friends, we need to just get a little opportunity and say, hey, let me give you my testimony. Let me tell you about the goodness of God. Every time we get a chance, we need to tell our children about the goodness of God. Hey, man, what a mighty God we serve. Hey, man, have you got a testimony today? Has anybody got a testimony in the house? Hey, man, is anybody here that God has healed? Is anybody here that God has helped? Is anybody here that God has met when you were in dire need? Amen. I was up here yesterday praying, and I met Sister Alice, and Sister Alice was telling me about a testimony. She said one time when she was so troubled that she could not sleep, it was such turmoil and trouble in her, her family, amen, until she would wake up in the night, and all she could do is get up and, and pray and get in the floor and just cry, and then fall off back to sleep and get back up and troubled. And she said she'd come to church, and under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, Mother was up talking and under the anointing and just spoke through prophecy and said about everything's going to be all right and God's got his big hand in the middle of it and God's going to take care of it. And this was her, I'm giving her testimony today. She said she walked out of the building, no more troubled about that. That burden had been completely lifted. She knew God had heard her prayer. Amen. She knew God was going to take care of the situation. We got a testimony. Oh, Lord, I wish I could turn this place loose testifying today, but we'd be here for quite a while. Hallelujah. So I'll just kind of give you my testimony. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. What a good God we serve. I, I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you a recent testimony. Not one 20 years ago, not one 20 days ago, just one last week. Hallelujah. Amen. We went down to the Cummins prison on Wednesday. And uh, y'all all know Tim Carmichael that uh, has uh, raised in this church, got off track, did something terrible, horrible in, the, in that split moment. In fact, one of the attorneys explained it. If you could take that day out of his life, he was really a, a good boy. Never been in any kind of serious trouble or done anything. Uh, very, to get in trouble with the law. But uh, he made a terrible, terrible mistake. And I know you've got loved ones and, and people you know that you'd like to see God deliver out of there. And, and, but I want to tell you about Tim Carmichael. Kim, Tim Carmichael is sent down there with life without parole. If you wonder what that means, that means there is no hope for him to ever get out. Amen. That's life with no chance of ever getting parole. 
almost all of them that are down there, of course, there's hope down the road somewhere that yes, they will come and they will get parole, but not for Tim Carmichael. And so uh, thank the Lord for the hand of God. It started back a number of years ago. I had been down to see Brother Tim and we had prayed together. And while I was praying, I felt the Lord touch me when I was praying there with him. And uh, we were both weeping together in that little room. And I just said to him, I said, well, Brother Tim, we're gonna pray. And it just came to my mind while we was praying. I said, Brother Mark Brockington, he knows the governor real well. And it just may be that he could speak to the governor and, and help you and, and you'd, you'd be delivered out of here. So I come back to church that Wednesday night and I was preaching and I just told my story. And from that, God burdened Brother Mark's heart about it. And since that time, the burden really hadn't been on me. It's just been on him. It wasn't long after that that he was reading the morning newspaper and read about one of the renowned lawyers in our city and picked up the phone and called him. Come to find out that he had a background of, of Pentecost and of church. And from that, God, you know what he done? He burdened that lawyer's heart, amen, about the situation. And that lawyer went down with us this past Wednesday and sat down across from that parole officer and, and talked to him. And he told him, he said, you know, I just, they just brought me this case and this is not what I do. He said, uh, really what he does is defend politicians. And uh, he said, I asked him later, and he said, most of my practice, I sue lawyers for messing up. And he told him, said, I don't do this, uh, but uh, and I, I'm not getting any money for doing it. I've not been paid anything for doing this. Just, can you see the hand of God? I'm just telling you a testimony. And then on top of that, the man that had sent Tim Carmichael down there, I told him, I said, you sure did do a good job that day. He was the prosecutor. Can you believe that prosecutor? 20 years later, he's in practice for himself over in West Little Rock. He rode down to Cummins, got there at eight o'clock. That meant he had to get up early. And, and, and he came down there, no promise of anything. He just said, this, this case has always bothered me. I felt like he got more than he deserved. It was a trial by jury. The prosecutor didn't have anything to do with how long the sentence would be. But uh, he said that he came back and he told them that that man there, he said, uh, you know, I've always been bothered about this and felt like he got more than actually he deserved that he did this really in self-defense and is willing to testify. Brother, I'm gonna tell you, you men that were there, you know what we felt. We felt the presence of God come down in that room, did we not? You men that were there, stand up with me right now. Amen, the Holy Ghost came down in that room. People were wiping tears and, and weeping, amen, and trembling and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. In fact, I told uh, the attorney after we le left, I said, well, I wanna tell you something. God orchestrated this today. Amen. God's big hand is in the middle of this. Praise God. Thank you. You can be seated. Before it was over, Brother Davies, that parole officer was telling us, amen, we knew without a shadow of a doubt, brother, amen, if he could have done it right then, he'd have, I believe, done it for us Wednesday. <laughs> Hallelujah. We had his vote. 
of course it's got to go through some more steps and eventually end back up to the governor and but i'm going to tell you the god that brought it this far is the same god that can carry it the rest of the way and you ask us do we have a testimony over and over and time and time again we've got more testimonies than you've got time to listen to friend our god has been faithful oh the god that said i'll never leave you or forsake you let me tell you children you see these shoes he's put shoes on our feet he's put clothes on our back he's put money in our pocket he's given us a car to drive he's given us a house to live in and you ask us do we have a testimony you better believe we got a testimony we've got a testimony to tell you of the goodness of god god you've been good lift up your hands and let's thank him right now together oh god we magnify you oh god we worship you lord oh god we honor you god Thank you for your greatness, your goodness, God. Thank you for your faithfulness, O oh Lord. Thank you for your anointing today, God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. Samuel was one of those well diggers. The hand of God was upon him in a marvelous way, and God used him. And then... Of course, he came up under the prophet Eli. Sad story about Eli was that Eli's sons did not follow God. Eli, no doubt, was a great man, but he failed some way to pass it on. Let me, let me give you what he told his boys. He said, if one man sin against another, the judge shall judge him. But if a man sin against the Lord, who shall entreat for him? Now, if you do your brother wrong, that's one thing. But I want to tell you, if you take God on, who's going to cry for mercy when you've taken God on? You know what that makes? That makes the hair stand up on the back of my neck today. Brother, I don't want to get crossed up with God. You may do your brother wrong and somebody will judge you for doing your brother wrong, but I'm going to tell you, when you do God wrong, Who's going who's gonna to cry and have mercy on you then? The Bible said, notwithstanding, they hearkened not unto the voice of their father because the Lord would slay them. And then the Bible said there came a man to Eli and he told him what was going to happen and how that God would not have mercy on him because of the sin. And here's the sin that Eli committed. Wherefore, kick ye at my sacrifices, and at my offerings, that's what his boys were doing, which I commanded in my habitation, thy honorest, thy sons above me, to make yourselves fat with the chiefest of all the offerings of Israel, my people. He said, Eli, what you have done, you have elevated your boys above me, and you honor them more than you honor me.
Hallelujah. Let me tell you something, mothers and dads. You need to let them children know God is number one. The Bible's right. And if they're wrong, they're just wrong. And don't take up for them. Well, hallelujah. That's what he done wrong. And then God spoke to Samuel about Eli and said, because his sons made themselves vow and he restrained them not. He said, then there's not going to be any sacrifice or any offering that will purge this or help this. And then here's the sad story, and I'm not too far from quitting now. But the sad story is Samuel came along and let his boys make the silly same mistake. The Bible said that his two sons came and they walked not in the ways, but turned aside after money and they took bribes and they perverted judgment. You would have thought that this great man by the name of Samuel would have seen the mistake that Eli made and said, Brother, I'm not going to make that with my boy. My boys are going to do right, and I'm going to hold them accountable. And that's when God, the people said, we've, we've taken this all, we can take it. We want a king to rule over us. And they changed the whole form which they made a terrible mistake. Amen. Now, the last example here today, and it was in the life of Abraham. Abraham raised a boy, his name was Isaac. And Isaac was this true well digger. You know why? Because he took his boy to church. Took his boy to church against his will. Somebody said, I don't believe in doing that. Well, I do. Amen. I like what somebody said. And you, you know, I was on drugs one time. They drugged me to Sunday school. They drugged me to church. They drugged me to choir. They drugged me to school. They drugged me everywhere I went that I didn't want to go. Huh, Brother Rubel? Amen. They drug us. And Abraham, he drug Isaac. He took him up the mountain, the fire and the wood. And that's what he asked. He said, uh, Dad, I see the fire and I see the wood and the lamb for the burnt offering. And uh, where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And listen to what Abraham said. Abraham said, my son, my son. He loved him. You could hear love in those two words. My son. God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they both of them together went, both of them together. And they came to the place which God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there. And he laid the wood in order. He bound Isaac, his son. Everybody say bound. He bound. He did not give him options. And if you want to, he bound him to that altar. And he laid him on the altar upon the wood. And then he stretched forth his hand and took his knife to slay his son. And then that's when the angel called out at him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thy hand upon thy lad, neither do thy anything unto him. For now I know that thy fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. Yes, mothers and dads, 
you got to stand for what's right. You got to bind them to the truth. Amen. You got to say, hey, there's only one message, only one way to be saved. You can't be afraid to bind them to this truth. Hallelujah. Bind them to this truth. Bind them to this truth. Bind them to this glorious message of truth. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then the mercy of God was there in the hand of God. Abraham knew that God would restore his son. You know what? They think, these young people, they think this is going to kill them. But I want to tell you, what you think is going to kill you will give you life. It's dying out to this flesh. It said, when I become a man, I put away childish things. There comes a time you need to shift gears in your life. You need to put some of that ball away and keep putting it away and putting things away. And, amen. And let studies be important. Church and doing the right thing. Let all these things be what's important in your life and bind yourself to the altar. In doing so, Abraham, he taught his son to be a well digger. Amen. I want to tell you what. Don't give your son a fish. Teach him how to fish. Discipline. Expect things out of them. You know, parents get mad because others expect things out of them. Expect the teacher. The teacher expects them to do their homework. Teacher expects them to be at school on time. And the parents move in and try to defend them. Well, I'm going to tell you, you're setting a course in their life. They'll always run late. They'll never do what they are to do because you have defended them being lazy, slowful. And we've raised up a Pentecostal generation. They can't catch fish. All they know is somebody give me something. Somebody give me some money. Somebody do something for me. Instead of with the attitude, what can I do for God? What can I do for this world? How can I make it a better world? How can I help somebody? What do you think about it? Big difference in attitude and the attitude going around, give me, give me, give me, give me, and going around saying, you know, what could I do? How could I help? Hey, man, how could I make this world, this church, a better church because that I am in it? And this was the attitude that was in his Isaac. Of course, when you read about Abraham, you know what the Bible says about him. It says that he was very rich. Yeah, it says that in the Bible, that he was very rich. So you know what rich people do? If they're not careful, they'll raise lazy children, but not Abraham. Poor people do too. Yeah. Well, hallelujah. Amen. When I get through preaching, I'm going to slip out that side door, Brother Davies. You go ahead and conclude the service. Yeah. Amen. God help us. Boy, I thank God for a good day. You know what? That's what makes me merciful and want to be merciful to young people. When I look at their life and I look at the dad and mom I had and I look at some of them didn't have a daddy, some of them didn't have a mother. Amen. Brother, I'm going to tell you, I had the best in the world. I had good, mean parents. I mean, they were... That was before they had them 1-800 numbers you could call and tell on your mom and dad. That was long before that, brother. 
Thank God for parents that didn't take up for us. If we was wrong, brother, we were just wrong. We was just fixing to get right. You know what my daddy told me? He said, boy, you may not make good grades, and I'll let you figure that one out. But he said, there's one grade you can make good, and that's conduct. I know you can sit up there and be quiet and behave. And he said, if you get a whipping in that school, I promise you I'm going to give you a whipping when you get home. That was all people that don't have any children and grandparents clapping. I, I was watching these parents. There wasn't one of them clapping, Brother Corbett. Hey, man, thank God for strong will mothers and dads. Hey, man, it requires things out of their children. I don't want you to be a wimp. I don't want you to go around, give me a fish, give me something, give me something. The world owes me nothing. No, get up and go get it, big boy. Get up and get with it. Get up like everybody else is getting up. Quit being lazy. Well, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Abraham put that in his boy, even though he was a rich man, he taught his boy. And the Bible said that, listen to this, and I'm closing. This is a promise. In fact, it's not even 12 o'clock yet. It's 12, 11.59. That's right. Amen. Isaac was a blessed man. Isaac, listen to him. Sold in the land. Why are you sowing, Isaac? You got enough. You don't need to be sowing. Just live on what daddy done. I won't tell you what. What daddy done can run out quicker than what you think. The bunch made that mistake. Then Isaac sold in the land and received in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. And the man waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great. Everybody say very great. For he had possession of flocks, possession of herds, a great store of servants. Listen to this one now. And the Philistines envied him. You get to being blessed. And there'll be a Philistine somewhere, Brother Harden won't like it. It just, it just, it just gives them a headache. It just tears them up. He was blessed and the Philistines were off to the side and they were envying everything that was God was doing for him. But I want you to listen to what, he, first of all, it said he sowed in the land. That's not easy to do. Get out and be a farmer and sow some seed. And the next thing it says it did, for all the wells which his father's servant digged in the days of Abraham his father, the Philistines had stopped them and filled them with earth. And Isaac digged again the wells of water which they had digged in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham. And Isaac's servants digged in the valley 
and found there a well of springing water. And the Lord appeared unto him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham thy father. Fear not, for I am with thee and will bless thee and multiply thy seed for all my servant Abraham's sake. And the Bible said Isaac built an altar there and he called on the name of the Lord and he pitched his tent there and Isaac's servants digged a well and it came to pass in the same day that Isaac's servants came and told him concerning the well which they digged and said unto him, we have found water. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Clap your hands to the Lord today. <laughs> Parents, amen. Parents, take the challenge. I'm going to produce a child that's going to be a well digger. They're going to go out. They're going to do something. I'm going to push them to school. I'm going to push them to study. I'm going to push them to go to church. I'm going to push them to work. I'm going to make some good well diggers out of them. Amen. They don't know it, but they, they're fixing to learn how to dig a well. Amen. They're going to learn how to provide. And they're going to learn how to work. And they're going to learn how to do good. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's lift up our hands right now to the Lord. We bless your name. Hallelujah. Come to the music. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God.